Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I am your eager host. Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of Go Power Cat, here in the GPC studio with Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gilbert. I remembered all their names. Got to look at them to remember. This is odd. We usually tape these, record these in the evening or late afternoon. We're here in the morning. I don't know if the caffeine's fully kicked in, but you know where you can get caffeine at the fridge. That's right. That's right. When you stop and get that delicious wine you want. You guys like wine? Does anyone here like wine? Nope. No, no, no. You, you seem more of a seltzer kind of crowd. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if we're drinking spritzers, if we're drinking not beer. Mm. Mm. Anyhow, you can get all kinds of stuff at the fridge along with your boozola, including a nice little five hour. I think they get Red Bull. All kinds of stuff. Whatever you need for your party, whatever you need to get it going and sustain it and recover from it, it's at the fridge. Stop in at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. Can you get caffeine in Detroit? I don't know why you couldn't. Because you can't get it in Provo. Ooh. You can. Hmm. Yeah, they, they actually will probably. They, they have the non-Utah crowd is the weirdest place. What about, what about China? <laughs> He didn't do it. He didn't do it. <laughs> he did. He did it. He did the hand motions, but he didn't offer the actual China. Did you know that Utah has like soda stores, like soda, like shops? I don't know how to put it. They're like instead of coffee places, it's just co- soda. There's like, like the a 1950s? soda. Yeah, it's like a soda culture. You go and get your soda. Yeah, that's that's, that's weird. their thing. That's, that's weird. So I'm sure they have caffeine. That's one of the things I love about the U.S. We got these pockets of totally different cultures. Go to New Orleans. You were just in Miami for the F1 mm-hmm. round and round thing they do. It's called uh, a race. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're just different pockets of culture. Just love it. Love it. But Utah's a different beast. And that comes about because I spent way too much time doing possible schedules. About. My head about exploded at one point, but I got through it. I made it. I got I got it done. And I, I think it's interesting. It's not perfect because you really do need a computer to do some of it. Did you know the NFL does not use a computer? They have a couple that has done it. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah, couple. Yep. Like just some schmo and his wife have have been doing the scheduling for years, and they've got just a, a like a Bolton board where they pin all the, the names up. The MLB was like that too. How the hell would someone that 
Oh, my God. That would take forever. I tried to do two seasons of Big 12 scheduling without the dates, mind you, just the matchups. And, oh, my God, it was – I got myself into a jam I couldn't get out of. And I did. Well, the NFL schedule is set in stone, though. Yeah, the There's NFL schedule is really easy yeah. to, yeah, to compete. The dates are tough, but – Yeah, that's they really want to do the dates. I mean, yeah. the, the way the schedule set up determines the opponents. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the dates would just be impossible to juggle. I bet you you can get it close to being right. First or second try. I wonder how much they get paid. What a great gig. Isn't that, I mean, surely they get paid a lot of money for that. I doubt that's the only thing they do. I don't know. If you're a couple and you get paid a quarter million dollars to go do the schedule every year, would you have another full-time job? Or would you just – maybe I I'd drive like, an Uber or something. Yeah, I feel like they get – they probably got paid like $25,000 when they first started doing it, and they probably still get paid like $25,000 to do it. Yeah. Yeah, the NFL doesn't seem to pay anyone except for the players and coaches and GMs. I don't know how we get Except for Tom Brady. Tom Brady. How about that? He's going to be the, the wealthiest broadcaster, the highest paid broadcaster, and he's never done one. I think he'll be good. Don't get me wrong, but my God. That's risky. That's risky. Do you think someone's going to hire Charlie Weiss now as a broadcaster (laughs) because he's associated with Tom Brady? He better not be on TV. Uh, Why? He's he's pretty. I don't know if he'll fit in the frame. He's an attractive man. He might fall out of the press box. Don't you guys tune into the best game for the best game, not for the announcers? Yeah, I I don't feel like there's a value in getting money. I think having bad announcers ruins the experience. But I don't think anyone's going, oh, Tom Brady's doing this game. I'm yeah. going to watch a game with two teams I care two shits about. I cuss a lot now in this podcast. You have started to cuss mm-hmm. a lot. I'm um, so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I was going to say. I like tuning in to Tony Romo, though. I think Tony Romo's very good. Sometimes it gets annoying. Here we go, Jim. Yep. I. But it's pretty good. Have, has anyone good else noticed that Tony Romo's kind of backed off predicting the plays? I wonder if he was told mm. uh, the NFL's getting kind of pissed because – you, you you can read every formation. Yeah. And you're ruining the experience for the viewer, or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he kind of back. I feel up. like that makes sure. it better. I do too. Well, they're going to do this and this and this, and then the guy guy over there is going to pick his nose, and then they're going to throw the ball down, and, and all of it happens. You're like, how? How? Did There's you? no way they snap this, Jim. There's no way they snap this. Look at him. He's not. A, oh, he's got. And it's going to be a pass to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I feel like the Tony Romo. He got that one just, wrong. He should just leave to uh, just be on the Manning cast. Him, him on the Manning cast, I think that'd be great. Which, by the way, is it the only Manning? works. It only works if it's the Mannings. I appreciate that the ESPN has tried doing it with other sports, but like the Manning brothers are interesting, and their guests are interesting. You do it with anybody else, it's not that good. Well, because they're the unique combination of guys with personality and the playing knowledge. That don't really want to do color; they just want to jack around, and it's perfect for them. But I do think it's it's something we could see more of in the future. The secondary uh, broadcast, and you know, like the K Rod. That's just not I, not a good. I thing. I certainly can see it once gambling settles in that there'll be a gambling version of, yeah. of a of a broadcast. It it would be a way for an entity to maximize their their rights. I mean, if if you had a really good game in the Big 12 and you're on the CBS platform, maybe the gambling thing is over on Paramount Plus, and maybe the game is on 
CBS Sports Network. It's going to be very intriguing. There's so many things that are in the wind with college football, including loads and loads of money blowing around in college basketball, and hopefully we'll get to that. With your questions from Wabash Station, thank you to The Fridge. Here we go. Zach? No, not Zach. What's your name? Cole? Yes. Okay. You're Zach. I'm Zach. Who are you? Daphne. Daphne. Okay, go. Uh, first question comes from Go Stay Kate. Do you think Jerome Tang has found recruiting to K-State more challenging than they expected? No, I, I I don't think it's been anything to do with K-State. It's just a hyper-competitive window right now. Um, and in reality, I think they've only lost out on a couple kids that were tangible. You know, we all, we all hope for the five-star high school kid. At the end of the day, maybe it wasn't so tangible, particularly if he is tied to a coach that may not be coming forever. I think that blew that illusion out of the water that that Rodney Perry, if he does end up being the coach, is going to bring a ton of players. And you know, after coaching all summer with AAU stuff, I I think they're being very diligent and trying to sculpt a roster for the long haul. They would love to win next year. That's not their number one emphasis. Their number one emphasis is is building a, a a roster to last that's balanced in position and classes, which is not easy to do. Um, and I'm not saying that's the right approach. Maybe Dennis Gates at Missouri has it right. Just grab a bunch of guys, uh, throw together a team, be the Globetrotters for a, a year, and that gives you an ability to assess who you want, who you don't, what you need, what you need to go get, and, and hit the reset again. I feel like they only want to hit the reset once. And they want to, you know, finish this off with certainly they need a lead score, but they want to finish this off the right way with class balance and position balance. I think part of it, too, is, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily exceedingly challenging considering they just had the number 40 player in the country uh, in Layden Blocker on his first official visit. I, I don't think that's. If that doesn't tell you where K-State is recruiting, I mean, we can sit here and say, oh, well, they haven't closed on the guys they've wanted to. That's for 2022. In my opinion, you cannot start evaluating talent until you get a full cycle. And that full cycle is at 2023 and realistically maybe even the 2024 class right now if you want to recruit at a really high level. So, I mean, I think they've done a good job recruiting. I agree. So, yeah. But they, they certainly need to go get some more guys. There's no doubt. They've got a lot of holes in this roster. But there's still players out there, and there's still, uh, you know, you can get into European recruiting and all these things that, that we're not really seeing right now. They'll get it together. I don't like the way this question is phrased. It's it's tough to recruit as a head coach. It has nothing to do with K-State, Baylor, wherever Tang is at. It's tough recruiting as a head coach for him, period, because this is – his first time doing it. I think, Cole, you bring up a good point that give them a few years. If they're still missing out on these guys, then you can start to raise some eyebrows. But for now, you know, give them time. You're not going to land all of these guys. Give them time. Part of it is, too. I mean, before you weren't even able to to use a baseball reference or you weren't even able to step in the batter's box with some of these guys. Um, now you are having a chance to get a base hit. Right, you because you you you're literally bringing these kids on campus. You're linked to all these different kids. You're getting kids on visits. If you don't end up landing them, okay, you know you're gonna have a chance to land some of these kids. Though it's not like every single one of these kids that you get on a visit is going to be like, eh, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Eventually, you will land some. So yeah, I don't I don't think that the challenging aspect has has been that challenging for him. Yeah, they're recruiting at a higher level, and nobody gets all the players. And honestly, what happened to Antoine Davis just, uh, 
I never saw that. Is there was a question not about a, him. That was not a scenario I expected. No, there's not. If you want to there, address it now, I mean, I could see him going back to Detroit, but getting an NIL to go back to Detroit absolutely caught me off guard. And I had a buddy who who really brought up a great point. He asked me, "Well, is Antoine an NBA guy?" And I said, "He's a six-one shooting guard." It, I mean, the math works against him. I mean, Steph Curry can make that work, but how tall is Steph Curry? I don't even know. He's about six one. Yeah, I mean, but we all recognize Steph Curry is a freak of nature, and there's only so many Steph Currys in the world. There's one. So, is he at that level? No. So, where does that mean he's going to play? Probably Europe or China. And this company that came with the NIL, if you go research them a little bit, they have no U.S. presence. That's what's weird about it. But they do have a European presence and a Chinese presence in in the industry of creating glowing balls. It's usually sends you to the doctor. But in this case, <laughs> it sends someone to the bank. But, I mean, it's a novelty that I don't think the U.S. has a thirst for. Like, do you really want a glowing soccer ball that has your – team name on it. It's not functional, I don't think. And you know, they do it with basketballs, all kinds of sports balls that you can put a logo on and sell them as a novelty. I, I don't see how it justifies the price tag that supposedly is being thrown around. Unless they're looking at this guy as a potential long-term star in the Euro or Chinese basketball leagues, that could be a spokesman for their company for many years to come. If you look at it from that aspect, it makes a lot of sense. If you look at it just from hiring a college kid in a not even a mid major, I mean it's a low major, to get paid six figures plus to sell a product that nobody wants, it it doesn't make sense. But if you look at it from maybe they're investing in the future, just like a shoe company might grab a high school kid and want want them in their pocket and send them to an Adidas or Nike or Under Armour school or Kangaroo school. Needs to be more kangaroo schools, but I, I don't know. I get, I'm just baffled by the whole thing, and that's what the NIL is causing. It's wreaking havoc. I do love the fact that NIL means that the teams that have always gotten the players now have to compete because, for the most part, they've been doing this under the table. Now they now they have to compete with other schools that are doing it. I love that. Next question comes from CW Powercat. What is a realistic timetable of when the basketball roster needs to be completed? By the time the season tips off? No, I I think start of the summer. When you go into summer training camp, don't you agree, Zach? Yeah. You probably need your guys there. Probably, what, first, second week of June? I don't know when yeah. it starts. but and, and maybe you have a straggler. Maybe you have a couple guys. Maybe You need your core group Yeah, soon. They mm-hmm. might have a European kid that can't come over. Or I say European, foreign. Could be from anywhere. Um, but, yeah, you got you got to get – the construction of the physical team on a court and understanding systems has to start at some point. Because when do they come in, Ryan? Are you? Is it? It's usually June, early, yeah, right? Early June, yeah, yeah. So if you if you don't have all your guys there by June, then you're seriously missing out. And I think something that we can't, you know, look over and gloss over is the fact that they're working out right now. Like Noel and Masood are working out with the staff. They're in the weight room with the new strength and conditioning coach. Like, I think that's important because. These guys that are going to come in are going to be a little bit behind. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to get them as soon as you can report. I believe I saw something on social media that Cameron Carter and, and Colbert are moving to Manhattan soon. Um, 
if not here already. So they're going to be involved. And so we're starting to move in that window where as soon as you get to campus, you can work out with the staff. So assuming that happens, um, yeah, I, I think early June. I really do. I think it's cool that Manhattan named an entire golf course after a recruit. It's really generous. That's going too far. We're going to rename this Colbert Hills golf course if you'll be our spokesperson. A little far. It'd be impressive. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the roster needs to be completed at all. If you have a few open spots, yeah. that's fine. If, because if they, like we said. If they're at start of June and they've got like four, you, then you're worried. Yeah. But, but a couple, that's a fine. Couple, Play for yeah. the future. Right. And, and I, I can well see them leaving a couple open mm-hmm. um, if they don't find the right guy. I, I sense Jerome Tang is is less concerned about filling all his spots this first year than creating that, quote, culture that you want. That that family, and he doesn't want to drop anything into the bucket that'll that'll ruin things. Next question from Powercat Ryan: Can we get an ESPN Plus to do a mini series following the first season of the Jerome Tang era? If Kansas can get two seasons of following a floundering football program, surely we can get one for men's basketball. I love it. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, they're they're really savvy. I, Didn't they do one for Baylor? Last yeah, year? I think they did. I don't know how many have been done, but when you have KU, Oklahoma State did one for football. And baseball. They did, did they one, do for, one baseball for baseball too, too, yeah. I just think if ESPN Plus, and I don't know who the production companies are that are doing these, but if, if you're the Big 12 and you're putting these on Big 12 now, whatever, at some point, K-State should be there doing one. K-State Athletics yeah. should have their own. I mean, I think... I think that would be smart. I think any school at this point, if you have a contract to create content or to put your content on, especially if it's ESPN+, Plus, you need to be doing something and because people want to consume content. And what better way than to get your product out there than, you know, doing a, a behind-the-scenes, you know, show documentary series kind of like what Oklahoma State KU have done and I think it'd be cool to do it with Jerome Tang if there's there's a there's um there's a show on YouTube called The Franchise and it's by the Chiefs uh, the Chiefs have produced it you know directed it everything and so what they would do is every two or three weeks they would come out with a 45 minute long episode and of the franchise starting it in training camp and ending it at the end of the end of the regular end of the season um I think K-State media, K-State's media department can effectively do that themselves. Mm-hmm. I, I almost think it would be worth it to, to find a way. I don't know if that's even possible to do that through, you know, instead of through ESPN Plus, you know, leasing it out to another company. But if K-State Athletics was just able to go in and do it themselves, I don't know if that's something that's well, realistic. But Athletics did its own a few years ago. The one, the, yeah, championship the one they did in. with basketball. Was I don't good. Was it that year or was it the year after? I thought it was the year after. They weren't. It was the. It was the year after the championship they did it. No, it was when they lost to Irvine. It was sure? Championship year, yeah, possibly, okay. yeah. And those were like what ten minute episodes every. Yeah, couple they weren't weeks. long. They were fine, but yeah, something didn't like have that to be good. on ESPN Plus. Yeah, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Agree. Fitz. Agree. You agree. Yes, good. I do. Good. Okay. Next question comes from Woody Shaded Shade Dog, or is it? It's Woody Shade Dog. Okay, Woody I thought Shady I saw OG. An... Ooh, Woody Shaded OG. Are you sure that's not what it is? <laughs> We can ask him. <laughs> From Woody Shaded OG, what sport revenue or non-revenue could K-State win a national championship in by focusing its resources? Hmm. Well, that's really good. 
the easiest this, the easiest answer is basketball, I think. Well, are you are we cheating or are we not? That's that's the question. Do well, you want to do it legit or do you want to cheat? I don't see anything about legal resources. Okay, if we're going to cheat basketball, men's right. basketball, you can buy a national championship. I'm Absolutely. certain of that. No, at least you can buy yourself a deep run. But to do it above board, you need a special coach, though. Yeah, is Tank yeah. that guy? Who knows? Yeah. But if money's Maybe. if you're cheating to buy players, you can surely find the money to pay the coach. Yeah. And I find mean, the coach. is there a sport that Kansas State offers? They said we're going to go all in with NIL deals for golf. I think you'd need to build a different course and a different facility. But the problem with golf in Kansas is the same problem you have with baseball. Yep. It's way too cold. And and I think that golf is even more limited than baseball. At least with baseball, you can go into the batting cages, do all that. If you do that with golf, sure, you can go hit into a net, but you need more feedback on your shot than just hitting it in a track man and, you know, doing it that way. Soccer? I think women's soccer. I think women's soccer would be tough. Hypothetically? There's so many. I mean, women's soccer is almost like women's basketball. You have juggernauts like North Carolina. You know, there's teams that are already doing it. Mm-hmm. And do it every year on a consistent basis. So men's basketball, then, is, are we all in agreement? Then I, I'm going to throw something out there: wrestling. If they added wrestling with an NIL component, I, I think that could be a sport. I mean, there's a lot of quality wrestlers in the state to leave. They just have to leave because none of the schools offer it. So you would have a, <clears throat> you know, you could corner a really good recruiting market right out of the gate. But if you went in with an NIL approach to it. I mean, there's just less competition. And I look around these schools that are winning lacrosse or skiing or, you know, some of these NCAA sports that aren't high profile. It answers the question. Yeah, you you pick your right fight. I think you can win. Interesting. Crop judging. I don't think that's an actual sport. We're we're pretty good at it. You're just a hater. Um, And also the meat judging. Texas Tech owns that, and we're kind of their rival. We're like their, we're like their Robin to the. No, that's not right. We're like their nemesis, but we don't win enough. The penguin to the Batman. Bass fishing, that's the key. If you built a dome, baseball could compete. I'll say that. That is a very hot take, and I like it. That's a. You've already built a new golf course and a new baseball. Thing. You got to build. I think if you're going to go all in. Half of it is building the facilities to allow success. Is there even do- college baseball domes? That- no, I don't think so. Minnesota plays early season in uh, not the Metrodome. Yes. But you get what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, that's what it is. They do have a baseball set up in a baggie. It'd be cool to see the Twins play in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, it wouldn't. But go ahead. Okay. Well- <laughs> Last question of the first half comes from Euler Cat 2. What changes to the current NIL environment would you like to see? Here's the problem. It yeah. Together. <clears throat> That's the problem is no matter what you do to try to reform it and try to fix it or, you know, it, it didn't come about because of a choice. It came about because of legal action. And I just read a really fascinating story from the lawyer who's salivating over the NCAA saying we got to get this out of recruiting. You know, he's going to add a bunch of stuff to his lawsuit. 
And that's when I came to the conclusion that, I don't want to get political here, but it's almost like a union that pushes too hard and everyone gets fired. This guy's this guy's pushing so hard, he's going to destroy the entity that he's trying to help student-athletes get money from. If you destroy college athletics, the NIL is not going to exist. It's just going to be, you know, a semi-pro sports, <clears throat> which if that's what you want, that's fine. But in the process, you're going to eliminate a lot of opportunity for 90% of 95% of college athletes that might see their opportunities destroyed because of the money grab. But the NCAA has got to get it under control. And I don't, I don't know legally how much they can do, but there has to be a way to regulate your, your own organization in a way that Student athletes are still allowed to get on NIL deals. They're just not allowed to do it as part of the recruiting process. And and I, I think that's where we went wrong here. That's where the NCAA screwed this up. They let it become part of the recruiting process while sitting in the corner saying, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do, not doing anything about it. And that's, it just all comes back to the ineffectiveness of the NCAA, and we have to ask ourselves, can the NCAA be saved or does college sports need to just start over with a new organization? The, the problem with all of this is you had schools, you had teams that were paying players even before NIL. Right. So now that this paying players is legal, I truly believe it is evening the playing field. That's why the SEC of all conferences is going to the federal government asking for help. We don't want this competition. We've had this cornered. And I don't care, SEC fans, if you want to live in a fantasy world in which your teams don't cheat. And, and look, I understand a kid might want to go to Alabama more than Kansas State. You know, the football tradition and all that. But maybe a lot of your tradition is because you cheat. Yeah, and, and I really see the pushback being the most from schools, conferences, and even coaches who have been cheating and didn't have competition could might have to fight off four or five other schools that are cheating at their level. But now when Miami is getting a, a point guard for $400,000 a year, I can guarantee you no point guard in the country last year in college basketball is getting $400,000 a year. So this has changed the game quite a bit. It's almost like in Major League Baseball when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were allegedly taking steroids and they're hitting all these home runs and they're ahead of everybody. Allegedly? <laughs> allegedly. And then baseball was like, uh, actually, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And so then what do we see? Not as many people hit home runs. But what's going on with the NIL is everybody now has seen Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, seen KU Duke, North Carolina, win all these games, hit all these home runs. And they're going, oh, and they just said you can take steroids? That's what we're going to do. <laughs> That's great. And so now everybody's hitting home runs. Except for the Royals. I just as we go to break I want to clear something up I am not on steroids this body is natural it's not enhanced by chemicals or drugs in any way I've earned this one Papa John's order and one Pacifico at a time this is me and I embrace it thank you Fridge thank you for everything you've done for me we'll be back GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, two dogs in a closed room, and your questions. There's room for so much in this studio. We're sponsored by The Fridge. In fact, uh, we need more liquor from The Fridge on display on this podcast. It's not like there's a video version anyhow, but still, I just, I feel more at home when I have liquor products around. I, I don't know why. It might be a sign of trouble. <clears throat> Might be a sign of a lack of friends. I don't know, but that's how it works around here. We're sponsored by The Fridge. We love The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you're in town. Onward we go with your questions from Wabash Station. Cole is going to be in charge for the second half. We're getting crazy here. First question of the second half of the podcast comes from Go Youper Cat. Go Youper. If you had $1,000 to donate for the betterment of K-State Athletics, are you going to give it to an NIL collective or straight to the athletic department? For the sake of discussion, splitting is not an option. And these are only two options? Correct. I think with $1,000, I just donate it. If, if I've got like $100,000. I'm not even donating it. I'm using it to buy tickets or merchandise or whatever. I'm not, it's all about you, isn't it? I'm not giving $1,000. <clears> yeah. Oh Unless you're asking this for yourself, go you per cat, which maybe this is he's looking for some advice. Maybe. So, I mean, if we want to answer this question, like we're giving him advice because maybe that's what he's going to do. I don't know. Uh, if I had $1,000, yeah, I think I would buy a ticket or season tickets. I don't know how much it would cost to be in the Shamrock Zone, something like that. That, you that, need more money, bud. <laughs> I don't need more money. <laughs> something in the Shamrock Zone or like a suite or for a game or something. Like, probably what I'd do. You need more money, bud. Not a thousand bucks. Not a thousand bucks. Yeah, I think we're at an interesting point in college athletics. It, we really are at a point of separation between fans with haves and have nots. Um, and, and I understand how that works. And I hope when they redo Bramage Coliseum, it addresses that. It lowers the number of seats, but raises the income opportunities, the fundraising opportunities for the athletic department with more quality suites and seats and meats. It just rhymed. It, there's, we were not going to sell quality meats at Bramage Coliseum. Even though our, no, we have people should. that could judge They should. <clears throat> Bramage has good hot dogs. What about yeah. a brisket acho? I'm sorry, what? You never had a brisket acho at Kauffman Stadium? Is that like a nachos with brisket? Yes. Oh. Is it served in a plastic batting helmet? It is. <laughs> There's a reason to go to the stadium right there. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'd probably just donate it straight up to the Hearn Scholarship Fund, but 
Um, it It is fascinating to see as we get down the road how the big money people address this. They, they want to have an impact. So do they view that impact? I'm going to give quarter million dollars to athletics, to the scholarship fund, to the buildings, or to an NIL. I mean, if you want to have a big impact and the NCAA can't get this under control, you got $250,000 and your company is Cole Carmody Electric. Wallet. Meow Wallet. Meow Wallet. You go and pay two fifty to get Meow Wallet out there. I mean, there's no way Nigel Pack alone pays for what he gets from Life Wallet, but the publicity around the entire, should we say, incident? That's probably, yeah. The value, the value of the tweets and the publicity is probably worth the money. Life Wallet has been to, mentioned in a lot yeah. of stories and on this podcast, a lot of radio shows and TV shows. I don't even think it was about Nigel Pack at some point. It was about the best player possible that we could throw money at in an obnoxious way to create a firestorm. And that's been brilliant. It has. I still don't know how they're going to generate enough income off of storing your medical records digitally. <laughs> Seems like the world does that for free in other places. I don't know. Isn't, isn't, what's the guy's name? I forgot. Who's in charge of this company? Doesn't matter. Scumbag Jones. Somebody, I'm pretty sure somebody on our boards has his picture as their Abby. Well, I think that's we funny. Should, we should probably raise the price of their membership. <laughs> and if we, we think it might be him. We should raise. I'm it. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to check. But go Uber but, Cat. Go ahead. You, no, you Would go. Would you, you like go. me to talk? Okay. You can talk. I was just going to tell him to go purchase more tickets, buy more merchandise. That's what I was going to say. That's going to really just, in, you know, you have a recruit visiting. Oh. I like K-State. I'm going to commit here. That's going to win you more games, and the cycle just repeats itself. I'd rather have a recruit come to K-State because he likes K-State, not because of an NIL deal. Yeah, I think at least at the $1,000 level, the amount of impact that you can have on NIL, I mean, you're just you're basically giving $1,000 away, and you don't know how that's going to be spent. At least if you either give it to the athletic department, you know, Either do it that way if you if, if you don't need the thousand dollars, just give, donate give it, it straight away to the athletic department. But if you want to get the most value out of that thousand dollars and you want to support K State, buy tickets, buy merch. That's that's what I would do with keep the your subscription dollars. to gopowercat.com. Mm, yeah. That's important. Little they don't K State doesn't get any money of that. We get the money, but we like the money. We'll take that. Yeah. Good plan, guys. Very good. Next question comes from Ema in Iowa. Is this a new one? I think they've asked questions before, hmm. but I did not take the time to look. But I believe we've said Ema in Iowa before. But if not, welcome. But also welcome back if you have. Okay, there we go. I covered it all. Yeah. They say, I feel like every school in the upcoming quote-unquote new Big 12 could argue and have valid points for why they are in perfect position to become the new football powerhouse in the conference. Who do you feel like has the best foundation in place to take that step? Who do you think – who do you feel like thinks they have the foundation in place but will stumble? Mm. Is this for the whole conference or just the new Big 12? I think you – what do you mean? That's both. I know, but are we just looking at the four teams or are we looking at oh, all everybody? Oh, it's yeah, it's all 12. Okay. Well, um, I mean if – I would think that the, the best positioned are Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and Baylor. BYU, maybe. BYU with access to a major conference. BYU's issue is going to be 
travel. They're they're now on a further island than West Virginia ever was. So until the conference solves that, it's going to be a struggle. Um, I I feel like UCF thinks they're going to come in and compete for national titles, and I don't know if they're quite there yet. I think they had a just a blessed year or two, and and now we've seen them come back to center a little bit. I think UCF probably has the biggest chance of being the KU in the new conference. I think that they could enter, and <clears throat> even though they've had success recently, I think they come to a bigger, better conference, and I think they could potentially the weekend you know, week out. They could be the be the KU slash early Baylor in the conference. You know? But with that said, I, I feel like it's the most difficult to predict because in 10, 15 years, I can see them being a national power playing in a the bounce house is now 60,000 seats. I mean, because they, they have such ability to grow in that market. The biggest university in Florida as well. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, I for me, as far as, you know, the, the, the powerhouse, I'm not ready to say Oklahoma State. I'm not. I am. I'm close. I'm not ready yet. I'm probably going to go Baylor, especially if Dave Aranda stays around, um, which, you know, we think that he is. I really like Dave Aranda. We've seen Gundy become a better coach, but I still feel like at the beginning of last year, I mean, they should have had two or three losses before we were six games into the season. I mean, they should have lost to Tulsa. That was like, and they they almost lost to Missouri State Mm -hmm. week one. So like, I'm not saying that I'm not ready to be like Oklahoma State is going to be the main team because they figured it out and I get that, but not ready to say that. So I'll go Baylor as far as the teams that have the foundation in place. Maybe this is that think they have the foundation in place and maybe this is unfair. I'm going to say West Virginia um, simply because year in and year out, their fans predict them to win the Big 12 Conference. And this year, I don't know if they'll make a bowl game. I really don't think they're that good. I think Neil Brown gets fired if they don't make a bowl game this year, and they might be looking at a rebuild again. So maybe that's unfair of me to say that, but they have they lost a lot in the transfer portal, and their fans still somehow think that I, I they're going to win. I don't understand what's going on at West Virginia. They lost half their team into the portal. Their fans spent all spring and offseason bitching about all the players of the portal, and it was an astonishing number. And yet their fans are like, we're going to win the Big 12. We're really good. I'm like, you just threw together a team with chewing gum. Yeah. Now, granted, I, they, they're more optimistic about quarterback, and they think they feel good about running back. You know, But still, you, you, half your team left. Maybe that's good. Maybe it was a the rotten half, and he ran them all off. I'm not sure. But it's not like basketball where you can potentially throw 13 guys together. You bring in 40 new guys in a locker room, you got issues. Did that kid who tried to hurt Thompson, did he leave? Do we know? Uh, I think it's Oklahoma State for a lot of reasons. You have a longtime head coach. If Mike Gundy sticks around for the first few years of the new Big 12, I think that positions Oklahoma State really well. But beyond that, you look at facilities, Oklahoma State, it probably hurts to admit from a K-State standpoint, but Oklahoma State is probably 10, 15 years ahead of K-State when it comes to facilities. The stadium expansion, the practice facilities, upgrading everything, and then you have a good football team with all of that, with, you know, with Mike Gundy and everything, all the success he's had. Oklahoma State is the clear leader at this point, and I think you know if this... 
conversation was happening 10 years from now and Chris Kleiman is the coach, you have the facility, the practice facility, you have, you know, the nice new locker rooms, football facility, West stadium center. If you have all of that and we're talking, have this, having this conversation 10 years from now, I'm a lot closer to saying K-State and Oklahoma State would be even. Okay. But K-State is still significantly behind just from the fact that their indoor facility is in the condition that it is right now, and they're still building a new one. So, And and Chris Kleiman going into year four, which is crazy to say that he's in year four already, but you know if he's year eight, year nine, I think that it becomes a little more easier, especially if, if K-State sees success over the next four years. But I think it's just a little too early to say, hey, K-State can be the powerhouse. And I'd, and I'd probably put Iowa State above K-State at this point just because Matt Campbell does have slightly longer tenure, has seen a little bit better recruiting success, hasn't necessarily seen on-field success. Their fan support's undeniable. Their fan support is undeniable. But I think the moment – I think what makes Iowa State weak is Matt Campbell is the number one coach on every hot list for any major job for the rest of eternity. And until Iowa State starts winning a lot of games year in, year out, and Matt Campbell proves that he's loyal to Iowa State – that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be on those hot lists. Zach, they don't care about winning. They just care about developing young men. They don't care about winning Big 12 championships. Well, so they can't. Therefore, they are no longer a power in the Big 12. Mm, it's all valid. We're talking about future mm. power, though. Mm. <laughs> you know. Well, what is the schedule for the indoor? Is it supposed to be open next spring? That would be my best guess. Yeah, it is a, I don't know. It is a huge hole in the the facility puzzle. I mean. The, that indoor is, exists now is just trash by Big 12 standards. <clears throat> There's high schools that are better than it. There's, yeah, high schools in Texas have better indoor facilities than that. The there one, are a group of five schools that have better facilities uh, than what K-State Union, has. when we were down in yeah. uh, Union, mm-hmm. Tulsa Union. We, were, we just were in Houston's indoor facility for the bowl game, and it's it's not over the top, but it's nicer. So it, it will be Interesting to see how that impacts everything. Okay, quick trivia here. Of the new schools into the conference, what is the smallest in terms of enrollment? The new schools? Just the four new ones. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati? Mm, uh, UCF is clearly the biggest because it's like the biggest in America. 70,000 undergrads. It's insane. But it's a commuter school, right? You say that, but if you're... Commu- That's like if everybody in Manhattan and Junction City and Wamigo were all active undergraduate students at Kansas State. That is that is what UCF is. Every, everyone says that, but if a, com- quote, commuter school gets really good in something, all of a sudden those t-shirts come out of the closet. It might be more bandwagonish, but if you perpetuate being good long enough, then you're no longer a commuter school. Then people are invested. Yeah, typically down at Central Florida, you went to UCF and you got the degree and you really don't care about sports, but all of a sudden you're playing on national TV all the time. I think it changes the context. Who's your guess for smallest? Oh, it, BYU. It's between – no, it's between – no, Cincinnati or Houston. I'm going to say they BYU. Have, they have to be. And I'm going to say I think it's Cincinnati because smallest stadium and BYU and being associated with the church is huge for them. Okay, regardless of who it is, what enrollment number would you put on them? Probably like 40,000. Okay. 
still bigger than K-State. I'll yeah, say like double the size. I'm going to put Cincinnati as my pick and like 32,000. I'll say 25. I think it's small. It's interesting. The smallest of the four schools coming in is BYU. Really? At 33,000. Really? Oh. Houston's 39. Cincinnati's 44. Huh. I had no clue unless the Google machine is lying to me. <laughs> what, what's K-State right now? 12. They have 12 students. Cole's one of them. <laughs> What is, Just for a few more days. K-State's above 20, right? They didn't dip below 20. I think we're 20, I'm 22, 21. The Google machine tells me 24-7. That's not right. So that's got to be, you know what? That's the peak from when I was in school, I think. <laughs> yeah, so now I don't trust any of the other numbers I just cited. Let's move on. Next question comes from man bear pig underscore cat. Man bear pig cat, formerly BJ is good. You had to do it to him. He, he DM'd me and was like, hey, can I change my name But to this? And his name was already changed. And I was like, oh, somebody did it. I'll never know who it was, but Fitz told us all. Man, bear, pig, cat. So first of all, congratulations on the new name. Um, let's get well, that I don't remember BJ ever being on the podcast. He was. He was? Yep. We, we said it. It was funny. And we had a laugh. And no more laughs. No more laughs. We're all, all business. All right. Man, bear, pig, cat. Uh, he says, Fitz mentioned on a recent daily delivery that someone brought up the topic of the new Big 12 TV contract being matched with sports gambling on the CBS platform as a way to sell slash increase the value. What other creative ideas have you heard about slash thought of to make us more attractive in this growing market of streaming platforms? I thought that was brilliant. Bud Elliott from 24-7. And, and it really does. It looks down the road <clears throat> and it sees it's something that's developing, which is gambling in the college environment. More, well, more states are legalizing, including More Kansas. states are legalizing, but the NCAA is in the way for anything gambling. The NCAA is going to have to completely change their stance on sports gambling if what's proposed – and it's happening all around the country with states legalizing ga- gambling, Kansas legalizing gambling. Sports gambling is in the future of the country, and the NCAA has taken such a hardline stance against – granted, all of the major sports leagues took hardline stances against sports gambling. But once they realized, hey, if we provide the data to these companies – you know, it will be regulated. We can spot the irregularities if there's anything that we think shady going on. Um, you know, and the leagues and teams have changed their tune now as sports gambling becomes legal across the country. The NCAA is really going to have to change, you know, their philosophy, if you will. If they're going to allow, if they're going to allow, you know, CBS or whoever to allow live betting. As part of the game, because right now it's just you can't do it. You know, you're not you're not even allowed to fill out an NCAA bracket if you're if you're a player. Since the NFL and all the other major sports entities have opened up to gambling, have we run into an occasion where we see widespread fixing of games? No. And I think it just shows that these fears were irrational, that it already did happen in the college game and and it can happen in the college game. Maybe actually the NIL lessens that. A kid isn't as prone to take $10,000 from a bookie to drop a game. You know, I I don't know. Maybe that actually helps, but I think it's inevitable. And I, I think the NCAA, as it's finding out, can't stop these things from happening without ending up in court. And I think they're so 
a litigation shy right now. They, they, they're fearful of everything. It, and plus, by the time this even becomes reality, will the NCAA even exist in its current state? I don't know. But I love that. And <clears throat> I love the fact that if the Big 12 expands again and goes western, westward, it does create, and I've talked about it so many times, a, a group of games that a an, an media rights entity can grab and fill every time slot. You can kick off early, you kick off late, all within the same conference. And I think that really adds value. And I think the Big 12 is actually embracing that. I mean, we're hearing that if if we had to guess right now, they will expand again, and it will include at least three teams out west to group with BYU in some fashion into a western pod, even though they don't like the word pod. It, somehow they find that offensive. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. If I had all these creative ideas, I would share them. But I, I don't. I mean, it's it. Things are changing so fast. I'm trying to keep up. It's amazing to me. It's amazing. But um, the value of teams on a streaming platform fascinates me. What does that really mean? What does that bring to the streaming platform? If you get the NFL, I understand people are going to join your platform. They want the NFL. But if it's the Big 12, is that going to drive people? SEC would, certainly. It's it's going to be fascinating to watch. And and I'm I'm not an expert in any way in this. I'm just very obsessed with it. But uh, I, I think we're seeing with the Big Ten that there's enough other entities, including Turner and Amazon, sniffing around college sports now that I think it could be substantial for the Big 12. Next question comes from Wade Ram. With Bowlesby on his way out, is it fair or accurate to assume that there will be no major Big 12 realignment moves until we have a new commission named, i.e. no new teams added, no negotiated early exits for the traders, unless the new commissioner selection is already agreed as Oliver Luck, under the theory that he might already be running with some issues unofficially? That's all good points. No, I don't think – I think that ADs and presidents could negotiate a, a buyout. When's the timeline for <clears throat> new commissioner being selected anyway? I think, I think they said by next spring or next uh, fall, middle of next fall. I yeah. think they only – excuse me, I said spring, I meant fall. The, the, I think they only said they want to wait like three, four months. That doesn't seem like that long of a time. Like I feel like Big 12 media days, you'd hope to either right. have the guy or right. know who you want to hire because it's worthless for Bob Bowlesby to come out and give us – state of the league kind of address to kick off big 12 media days if you if he's stepping down well he won't definitely won't sleep lose sleep at night like he said he did over texas and ou last year he should have because you were sleeping <laughs> sound while they were pulling around behind your back yeah i i hope it's someone good i hope it's someone proactive i don't know if that's oliver luck i i, I still fear that this conference is tied into old ways that they won't be able to shake and that's been the ongoing issue. They don't have vision. They, they, they've been so gun-shy. They've reacted. And I think they got this reaction right. I think the four schools they picked are ideal. And if they can find four more that work into that concept, so be it. But I just hope someone sees what's coming down the road better than the Big 12 has in the past. And, and also doesn't go all in. I guys, I still think the SEC and the ESPN are going to try to build the super conference. But from looking at the Big Ten rights negotiations, it's entirely possible the ESPN ends up with zero percent of that. Now, I don't think that's wise, but I think the Big Ten is like 
we're big enough to do it without you. Because are you going to actually dare to go on TV and exclude us because we don't have your t- games on your TV channels? I I don't. I think that might be one even the ESPN crowd might back down. ESPN is nothing without the team. <clears throat> right. So, like, if you don't have sports, you don't have teams to show, what are you doing? I mean, if if you're the Big Ten and you can survive with, you know, having Fox as your main platform and then you bring in, like, a CBS and they take over what was on the SEC, you know, the CBS games that were SEC are now Big Ten – and then you grab, an, I don't know, an Amazon, someone else is a third entity. I think you're big enough to push back on ESPN. And if you're the Big Ten, why do you want to play ball with ESPN after they they just played a role in gutting your own media rights contract? Granted, it's competition, it's business, and I, know, I get all that. But I just don't know why you feel a need. You're so big and powerful you're actually the one conference that can push back on this. And if you're Fox, why aren't you going after the Big Ten to go all in on them? You know, I'm if, a little surprised. He, Fox is is helping bring in other networks because they simply don't want to pay as much. We're talking. They're they're discussing a billion dollars a year. And I'm like, how how? I think I think one streaming platform that we haven't i don't think ever talked about on this podcast that i think should be worth mentioning is apple tv because they just signed that agreement with the mlb and i i you know i'm not super knowledgeable in this but i can tell you that after watching a game produced by apple tv on the actual apple tv it is 20 times better than what is produced on espn for baseball it's 20 times better than what's produced on Bally Sports and all these other local regional cable companies. If you're Apple TV, why are you not wanting to get involved in this? Because you already have – every person has an Apple product. There's no reason why Apple TV can't get involved in this and be very successful with it in, in my opinion. I mean – Apple has plenty of cash. If Apple wanted to own the rights to every sports league or even Amazon or Microsoft, it doesn't matter if one of these companies, Tesla, I mean, Elon Musk, it doesn't matter who the person is. If you have billions of dollars laying around, you could own the rights and stream them and put them on whatever platform you wanted for all eternity if Mm -hmm. they really wanted to. But I don't know if Apple wants to do that. This has to be very concerning for ESPN. And I, I say that because they've been the big boy. They've been able to outspend everyone in the marketplace. Nobody could keep up. And they did it, honestly, in an irresponsible manner. They've overspent on rights just, just to prove that they've got a bigger swinging you know what. But all of a sudden, you got Apple and Amazon knocking on the door. I mean, could... Google slash YouTube TV be far behind? Now now all of a sudden you've got competitors you can't match, even close to match, because I think the Disney ownership that is now about to come become whatever it is that's Discovery and HBO and all that, I think they're tired of losing money on on them overspending for rights fees. So what is what does the famous Dr. Keister say about competition and economics? Oh boy looks stumped. Zach, you took his class too. Uh, it's been uh, you took it more recently than I did. Huh. Well, that's oh, good. That what did he good. say? 
Doesn't it? I don't know. I didn't take his class. I'm asking. Oh, oh <laughs> my God. Hold on. Did you actually think Ryan Gilbert, A, went to class and then B, paid attention? He's a journalism major. So I speak from experience. We barely know where campus is. I went to the library, and granted, it was a crappy library in the 19th century when I was on campus. But I went there like three times, and I think it was as a pledge because I had to. We're journalism majors. We can barely do math. I think you did a good job of math this morning. They hazed you by making you go to the library? They, they so that's so mean. had to do, go yeah. study. Oh, it was oh awful. that's hazing. That's, that's For illegal. a journalism major? Yeah. Okay, let's move Fired on. Fired up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the last question of the podcast comes from Call Me T22. Hypothetical. Fitz is granted college football czar. Why is that hypothetical? Sankey, ESPN, and the NCAA bow at your feet. How do you save college athletics? First of all, I give myself $9 million a year like Bob Bowlesby got. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I And honestly, that's... I'm an old guy that tries to keep up with everything out there, and I'm having problems keeping up. I don't know where you go. I, I don't. I just don't know where you go to find someone who's going to be able to interpret the changing marketplace along with the litigation that's out there. Because there's a lot of problems. It's a hard job right now. It's a job that nobody wants to have. I know what I would. My first step would be. I, I know exactly what my first step would be. As I would ask everyone who has been violating rules, who knowingly has had boosters or other people paying recruits, okay, you've got a three-month window to lay it out, exactly what's been going on, and I will give you an opportunity to say a, a couple college sports Hail Marys and move on. But after that three months is up, you're all on notice. And we, we are also going to, through the NIL, this is seriously what I do through the NIL fund college recruits to work for us to find out who's doing what out there. I know it gets a little scandalous and sketchy, but you have to create a bigger threat of penalty for these institutions. Even if they get caught, they still claim the national championship. Even if they get caught doing horrible stuff, they just shake it off and keep going because the benefits outweigh any penalty you've ever offered, except for one school. And you deemed what you did to SMU as too severe. I disagree. I disagree. It was too severe because you didn't do it to anyone else. If you do similar penalties to more schools and you make the penalty so devastating that you might lose your hold on your entire history, SMU was a great football program. They were cheating. They've been mediocre at best since. They've been have decent windows. They've never been on the national stage. That's what NCAA penalties should do. I don't murder because I don't want to die on death row or serve life in prison. But I can pick a couple people who might take off if I get three months probation. And that's basically what they're doing. Oh, you cheated and won a national championship. Okay. Okay. You, you can't be on TV for a year. Or, you, or, Coach, you can't recruit for three weeks. Uh, when was the last time the NCAA actually banned someone from playing on television? 
Yeah, I don't think that's... That would be that's, amazing, though. That's really... Like, if you, don't want, if you don't want to give a team the death penalty, that's what you need to do. Ban them from playing on television. Well, and, and what it does is it, it and, penalizes and it, the other conference members because... You're probably your rights fees drop. If you lose Kansas, this hypothetically bowling them out of the air as a potential cheater. If you lose Kansas on your rights fees for basketball, everyone might lose money. But then again, it comes back around to this. The NCAA wants, wants conferences to be more involved in enforcement instead of them. And if it begins to threaten your rights fees, I think you get more interested in applying penalties. Really, I think the solution, um, and I think it will destroy college athletics, but if just from the standpoint of cheating, if the if ESPN creates a super conference, there will be no such thing as cheating. It will all be on the table. They will all be trying to steal each other's players. It will be cutthroat. It will be vicious. And I think the rest of us can say, hey, can we get back to college athletics now? So uh, I, I don't know if I want to – again, I keep posing the question – what do you choose? Do you want to be part of the cheating and the cutthroat and the ugliness that we're seeing right now? Or do you want to just drop back down and, and say, hey, we're at the second level now. It's a space that exists between the FBS and the FCS. Or maybe it is the FBS. and An upper division. And then the upper division, instead of being bowl or championship, is professional. It's the FPS. Just roll with me. I have a trivia question for you. Uh, Yeah, get me out of this. Okay, so czar. Are you familiar with the term czar? Yes, it's misspelled with a C. Is it though? It's Russian, I know. It is Russian. What does it it stand? What does it mean in Russian? Oh. All of the letters in my first name are in the word czar. This is serious. Do you know? Do you know? I have no idea. I would assume Grand, Grand Poobah. It means Caesar. Oh, really? Czar is Caesar in Russian, huh. which means you brought values to this podcast. Which means let's let's trace back here, Caesar. What do we think the origin of that is? Um, pizza, salads, salads. It's king, king. So czar is a king. Yep. Hmm. I, I think hot and ready. Hot and ready. Yeah. yeah. That, that was good. I appreciate a little history lesson here. And now with that, uh, we're going to wrap this podcast. Are we done? Yes, we're done. we are. We're done. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to leave here and be rushing to the fridge. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Powercat.com.